those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a saviour was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. It's great to see you all here this morning, each of you, whether you're regular, whether you've come uh, for Christmas, you've been invited, maybe you've come with family like Ryan dragged along by his dad, maybe that's you. Welcome. We're really glad that you are here. Now, this morning we've heard probably the most famous and familiar part of the Bible uh, in the whole world, uh, the story of Jesus' birth, uh, the story of Bethlehem, Jesus being born, laid in the manger, the angels appearing to the shepherds, and then them saying uh, those uh, famous words, the, the sky exploded with the heavenly host, we're, called, we're told. The host is it's a way of talking about the army of God, the angels of God. And they say, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. Maybe the most famous words in the whole Christmas uh, uh, tradition that we, we know of. We just sang the first line, didn't we? Uh, we sang it in Latin, so it was a bit tricky to recognise it. But that's what we were singing, glory to God in the highest heaven. But today, I want to dig deeper into this second line. Peace on earth to people he favours. Peace on earth. It's the sentiment of a thousand, maybe even a million Christmas cards, isn't it? If there's, This is the most famous part of the Bible. And those words are some of the most famous words of the most famous part of the Bible. This idea of peace on earth is very much at the heart of what we celebrate at Christmas. But can you see the problem? Can you see the problem here? If Jesus coming into the world means peace on earth, why is it that we are still longing for peace? Did it come or not? 
This year, I think, we're very conscious that around the world we don't have peace. We have wars. We have violence and hatred and all kinds of horrible things happening. Ukraine, Gaza, South Sudan, another mass shooting just this week. We long for world peace and all kinds of good people have been working very hard for many centuries to make it happen, but it never seems to come. Not fully, not forever. Well, come a bit closer to home. It's one thing to look out there and say there's no peace, but what about in our own relationships, in our workplaces, in our homes, between parents and children, husbands and wives, cousins, aunties, uncles, grandparents, there's all kinds of fallings out, isn't it? And on a day like today, when we get together, sometimes we feel the weight of these most acutely. It's so sad and draining and painful. Where is the peace? The peace on earth that was supposed to have come with Jesus. Or maybe it's inner peace that we're longing for. Maybe we are conscious that life is full of stress, strains. Maybe this time of the year again brings that to the fore. Uh, Guilt, fears, worries. Some of us are driven people and we're never satisfied. We have no peace. Some of us feel a deep sense of of failure. We have no peace. Some of us are doing battle with sickness or with grief. And we are just sad. We can find moments of peace, especially if we kind of just cover over the the deep-seated hurts and pains, but... Even those moments don't last. So the big question we need to face today is this. Where is the peace that the angels announced? Did they get it wrong? Did Jesus fail, perhaps, in his mission to bring peace? Is our Christmas message of peace on earth just wishful thinking for people who really long for it to be true? Well, I want to say this morning that the answer to each of those questions is a glorious no. Jesus did bring peace on earth. The angels did get it right. Jesus did accomplish his mission. And the Christmas message of peace on earth is real for us right here and now. So how can I say that? Well, we need to understand what kind of peace the angels were talking about. It wasn't world peace. It wasn't relational peace or even inner peace. It was something even better than those things. Something from which those other kinds of peace actually flow. The real secret to peace is what the angels were talking about. And that was peace with God. Peace between God and people. This is the story of the whole Bible. And Carolyn talked a bit about that this to us before. The problem in the Bible is is that as people that God has made, we have not treated him properly. We have ignored him. We resist his rule in our lives. We rebel. We go our own way, put our own crown on our own heads and do our own thing. And this is the fundamental problem in the world, you know. The fundamental problem in the world uh, is not that uh, people follow Jesus. It's that people don't follow Jesus. Uh, We've got five billion people all doing what they think is good and right for them. 
And so, not surprisingly, we have different views about what's good and right, and we clash and we fight, and we make a real mess of it. And this breaks God's heart as well as ours. And not only that, our attitude and our behaviours not only break his heart, but cause him deep offence. It's not nice to be ignored, is it? You don't like it if your family ignore you. Or to be uh, resistant. Or sometimes we outright reject God. We shut him out of our lives. How do you feel when someone shuts you out of their life, out of your life? Shuts you out of their life, that's what I'm trying to say. See, our problem is that we shut God out of our lives. We don't give him the place that he deserves. And that's very a real problem because not only is he our maker, but ultimately he is also our judge. It's very bad to be an enemy of God, but here's the good news. The good news is that God has taken initiative to restore this relationship between him and us. Jesus came into our world to make peace between God and us. He didn't do it by being born. That was just the start. He needed to be born so that he could live the perfect life that we don't live. And he needed to be born and live that perfect life so he could die the death that we deserve to die. You see, he died and paid the penalty for your rebellion and for mine. And that's why God can rightly forgive us. That's what you need for peace, isn't it? You need forgiveness. And that's what Jesus brought. Here's a verse from the prophet Isaiah, 800 years before Jesus was even born. Uh, This is what he says. He's speaking of a figure that was to come. It says, He was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. Our peace with God. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our way, but the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. This is why Jesus was born. This is how he brings peace, by taking our punishment. One more verse from later in the New Testament. Paul's writing to a group of people like Ryan, who had become Christians, who have turned to Jesus and started to follow him. He says to them, once you were alienated, that's a strong word, isn't it? Alienated and hostile in your minds towards God, expressed in your evil actions. But now God has reconciled you by his, Jesus's physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless and blameless before him. What a beautiful situation that is. To be able to say that right now you are holy, faultless and blameless before God. That's the beautiful privilege of someone who has peace with God through Jesus and his death. That is what the angels were singing about. Peace on earth that we can have now with God. So let's come back to our big question. Where is this peace? Okay, it's great that we have peace with God, but how does that help us in the world where there's wars and in our relationships and with our inner peace? Well, the answer is, if you want to find this peace with God, where do you look? Well, you find it in Jesus. 
Look again at what the angels say. This peace on earth, I'll read it from my sheet. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. How do you become favoured by God? It feels a little bit arbitrary, doesn't it? But it's not arbitrary. The rest of the Gospels tell us that Jesus has come and he says to each one of us, you've wandered away from God like a sheep gone astray, but I've come here to call you back, to find you, to forgive you. I've come to lead you in the right way, so follow me. It's an open invitation to us all. Come to me. Find forgiveness. Have peace with God. Now, this is a wonderful thing because most people think that in order to have peace with God, you have to be very religious. You have to come to church every week and jump through all the hoops and do all the rituals. Or, and not just that, but out in the world, you have to try really hard to be better and better and be a really good person. And if you're really good enough, then maybe God will accept you. What a burden that is. Moralism or religion as a way to try and be right with God. The great news of Christmas is that God gives to us, like a present under the tree, the gift of peace. It's a wonderful thing that frees us from the burden of expectation to the wonderful freedom of people who are holy, faultless and blameless before God because of Jesus. The Bible says that none of us will ever be good enough. Do you believe that? You are not good. I am not good. I'll never be good enough for God. But in Jesus, that's exactly why he came. So this Christmas, trust yourself not to yourself, but to Jesus. Belong to him and you will be one of the favoured ones who have peace with God. Peace is available in Jesus. And this has consequences. We heard some of the changes in Ryan's life before. He's changed priorities and uh, he's changed attitude to people in caring about people. And that's exactly what uh, Jesus uh, offers to us. When we have this peace with God, uh, it's something that overflows to our lives and to the world. You see, people who know this peace of God, who follow the Prince of Peace, become peacemakers. Jesus' teaching was all about this, wasn't it? Showing compassion and kindness and being patient and faithful and loving, the kind of things that make for peace. The things that, when they're lacking, are the very reasons why we have wars and fights and turmoil within. Imagine what the world would be like if we all followed Jesus and lived out his teaching overflowing to the world but also to our lives in the inner peace it's not that christians never worry or feel afraid or sad but let me tell you knowing that you are right with god changes everything knowing that you have a father in heaven who is god and in charge of everything working out all things for your good eternal purpose brings a wonderful comfort and security a profound sense of peace. So where is the peace that the angels spoke about? Well, it's peace with God that we find in Jesus, but it flows out into our lives and into the world. And one more thing to say about this, where is the peace? Well, right now, this peace is partial. 
We're not perfect. We're all works in progress. We heard that before. But one day, one day, Jesus is going to come to this world again. He came the first time to establish peace between us and God by his death on the cross. But he's promised that he's going to come again, this time not to pay for sins because he already did that, but to bring into effect the peace that he won on that cross. He will come as the judge. He will wipe away all that is not right in this world. He will wipe away all who, who are not right with him in this world. And there will be profound peace, the great hope of the whole Bible. In the Old Testament, it speaks of the day when the wolf will lie down with the lamb and the child will play at the snake's nest. Images of a beautiful, peaceful world when there'll be no more weapons of war needed because there'll be no more fighting. There will only be pure peace that we long for. World peace will finally come. Relational peace will be enjoyed and inner peace will be sublime. Where is the peace? It's in Jesus. It's overflowing to our lives and to the world. It's real. It's here. If only you'll see it. But one day it will be full and forever. This is the wonderful news of Christmas peace. But it begs one final closing question. Do you know this peace? God has offered it to you in his son coming into the world. You're present under the tree from God. Perhaps a bit more important question is not so much do you know and feel peace with God, but what does he think about you? Does he have peace with you? There's no more important question in life to sort out than that. If the answer is yes, praise God for that and celebrate that today. And I urge you now to follow Jesus and be a peacemaker. I wonder if there's someone in your circles with whom you need to make peace. Or maybe two people that you might be able to help make peace with each other. Is there someone you need to forgive this Christmas? It's pretty hypocritical to be and rejoice in forgiveness from God but not be willing to forgive others. Is there someone you need to say sorry to and seek their forgiveness? If you know the Prince of Peace, then let his peace flow out from you to others this Christmas. But maybe the answer to this question is no, you, you don't have peace with God or maybe you're not quite sure. Then I say to you today, you can there is something missing in your life. There's a hole in your life. There's something that's not right. But Jesus has come to seek you out. He's come to put things right and make peace with you. What you need to do is to receive God's gift. There's no point having a gift under the tree and never opening it up. You won't benefit from it, will you? God has given you the gift of Jesus and the peace with him that he brings. Don't leave that gift under the tree. You need to trust him. Trust him to give you peace and serve him as your king, the prince of peace. Peace with God is so important and it's so wonderful that you would not want to leave this gift unwrapped under the tree. It's what you really want. It's what you really need.
is what God offers you this Christmas. His wonderful gift of peace in Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for your wonderful gift proclaimed by the angels that we can enjoy here on earth, right here and now. Thank you that this makes a difference, that it changes our lives. And thank you that one day this will be full and final forever when Jesus returns. Please help each one of us here today, Lord, in the midst of the stresses and strains that are in our lives, to look to Jesus and find the peace that he offers so that we might rejoice and that we might know this peace and live in it with all joy and peace in believing. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.